the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead and I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney. And I'm also a bankruptcy law certified specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. So as I've told you before, in addition to my JD, I'm also the holder of a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I'm a master of the laws of taxation law. And I'm also a master of the laws of intellectual property laws. Now, both of these great master's degrees were obtained from my favorite alma mater, Golden Gate University School of Law. It's located in the beautiful streets of the slowly awakening downtown San Francisco. Now, because of my training, my experience, and most importantly, my lifelong interest, I primarily practice bankruptcy law, but I also do debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. And sometimes they're all done in the same bankruptcy case. Hmm. And I'm proud to say that as part of my practice, I sometimes have the opportunity to seek out and at least attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors who find themselves the victims of some of the more pernicious forms of financial elder abuse. So evil are these schemes that they can wipe out an individual or or family's lifelong worth of wealth in a matter of minutes. So I don't like those guys too much. So I'm coming to you again today from my makeshift studios in my home in the always beautiful city of Oakland to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and, of course, small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that my remarks are not legal advice, and I'm not developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information from me to you that might be helpful as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts and circumstances, and hopefully provide you with at least an outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find qualified professional help. And I do this because I believe that if you represent yourself in a legal matter, especially when dealing with your finances, those same finances that you need to keep a roof over your children's head and food on the table to feed them, if you don't have the expertise, it's kind of like taking a a butter knife to a gunfight. 
If you're lucky, you're going to get real close to your financial adversary, and you might be able to scratch her on the arm or even poke her in the eye, but more than likely, because everyone else in the courtroom you're going to be dealing with are going to know the law in and out, including the procedural part of the law that can trip everybody up. Um, You are not going to be able to succeed without a lot of help and a lot of luck. And it's just not worth it to go into court without an advocate who can shepherd you through the process. What I mean is because you lack the expertise and really good understanding, your valid claims and your righteous defenses will likely see the promised land way before you do. So at least seek out someone uh, to walk you through the process. And there are nonprofits out there, believe it or not, that I, I don't know that they would necessarily represent you in, in bankruptcy court, say, or in, in state court, but they may. Uh, and you know what? Being penny wise and p- pound foolish is not a really good idea. Some people have the money to hire an attorney, but they just don't want to do it. So I'm, I'm sharing with you, there are traps out there in bankruptcy court that you don't want to fall into. So as you guess, can guess, the purpose of Selwyn's Law here is to discuss the law as it relates to your money and more probably these days the lack thereof and your overall finances and what you need to consider to protect your and or your families and or your businesses financial health, wealth, and money-related well-being, as I understand these concepts, in this non-threatening forum. So, today's topic is the calm before the coming bankruptcy storm. And what are we going to do to prepare for the coming bankruptcy storm? Now, my source material today is a very thoughtful article entitled, Shut Down Brings Calm Before the Bankruptcy Storm by Trita Punch, who is a legal analyst at Bloomberg Law. Now, this article was published in a special report entitled Bloomberg Law 2020 Business and Industry, and it is, takes a, an in-depth look at the new landscape all businesses will find themselves in today as we tried to restructure ourselves after, you know, the shutdown that was required uh, by the COVID-19 pandemic. And this report analyzes, among other key business issues, the new world of litigation, such as that related to gig workers who've been laid off and trying to get back into their jobs. Are Are they employees or are they contractors? And of course, COVID-19, such as, you know, will your insurance policy uh, pay you for your business interruption and bankruptcy. Now, I found the entire report fascinating, uh, especially as it relates to my specialty, bankruptcy. And there's lots of graphs and charts. And anytime there's graphs and charts, I'm in love. So I want to share some of the highlights with you. Now, again, um, the article is entitled Shutdown Brings Calm Before the Storm, and it was written by Trita Pugh, who's a legal analyst at um, uh, Bloomberg Law. It was written on April 11th, and the report was actually emailed to me today, the entire report today, um, June 18th. And as I record this show on Thursday, it's hot off the presses or 
cut off my email. The, the author says, in the three-month period from February to April, Bloomberg Economic Recession Tracker reported that the chance of the U.S. economy entering a recession shot up from 25% to 53% and then on to 100%. The author says that uh, generally, uh, the author operates from the perspective that nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is 100%. Yet here we are. Non-essential businesses are closed, but they're opening up. Uh, yet the U.S. bankruptcy courts are essential and remain open for business. And bankruptcy analysts, attorneys, and even some judges are predicting a sharp increase in filings. For the first quarter of 2020, business bankruptcies increased while overall filings went down slightly, but that decrease is only temporary. It is a given that bankruptcy filings will increase. The questions are by how much and how quickly. In March, the author was optimistic that we would not see great recession-sized bankruptcy filing numbers again, simply because they were so high uh, and last year's filing total would need to more than double to even reach the peak levels of 2010. Unfortunately, the author feels now and believes that it's possible to reach those numbers probably within a year of the full reopening of our economy. As was the case in the author's March article, increased access will continue to play a role in filing. And on March 27th, as part of the CARES Act, that is to say the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, became law and included bankruptcy provisions that lowered the barrier for entry for small businesses and consumers. Now small businesses qualify to file a bankruptcy as a small business debtor under a new chapter, subchapter 5 of chapter 11. Chapter 11 is the business uh, bankruptcy uh, provision, in, or it's for individuals with high debt amounts. Um, if And so you can, uh, a small business can file under the subchapter 5 if they have debts up to $7.5 million, and, and that's up from what used to be only $2.7 million. Additionally, individuals may exclude their stimulus checks from the current monthly income calculation when they're trying to determine if they're eligible to file a Chapter 7. And Chapter 13 debtors may also exclude the payments uh, from their disposable income calculation. The provisions expire one year, but likely they will be put to good use during that time. The biggest indicator, however, may be the skyrocketing unemployment numbers. According to one former Federal Reserve economist, the U.S. unemployment rate could reach as high as 30 percent. And, you know, if we don't continue, uh, put a halt to the unemployment claims that seem to be skyrocketing, and that according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, the adjusted unemployment rate for April 2020 
was 14.7% with more than 23 million Americans on the unemployment rolls. So because of this, more and more uh, Americans are either unemployed or underemployed, and that means they don't have enough money to pay their bills as they come due, one of the definitions of insolvency. So the report goes on to say that likely the total bankruptcies for uh, 2020 could be as high as more than 1.5 million in filings. So that's why I want to focus on uh, this topic today. And when we come back from our break, we're going to have a refresher course on bankruptcy so we can think about what we need to do in case we're having some difficulties. Bankruptcy might be the way to go. But first, we're going to take a short break. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law. As we continue today's topic, and that is, what is bankruptcy uh, and why is bankruptcy so important and necessary in our economy, especially now as we try to work ourselves out of uh, the business downturn that was necessarily brought on by COVID-19 and our government trying to figure out a way to protect us citizens from its ravages. Um, I um, shared with you before the break uh, some excerpts from this great report uh, that basically says that um, it it charted the unemployment rate uh, and bankruptcy filings during the last recession that had to do with the mortgage meltdown. And basically, uh, at the height of uh, 2020, at the height of that uh, recession, there was a record record. 1,531,900 filings. And last year, the number was only 774,940 filings. So um, if we get back to um, 2010 level, we're going to have to double. And it's correlated to the unemployment rate. Now, they're projecting, uh, the economics folks are projecting that in as much as last year's unemployment rate was only 3.7%, and it's projected that unemployment will go up to 30%, but right now it's at about 14%. So that means that if you had a graph and you scaled the, um, you correlated the unemployment rate with bankruptcy filings, it is highly likely that we're going to reach that 1.5, 1.6 million filing uh, from 2010 this year, beginning this year and going into next. So that's why I want to have our refresher course on bankruptcy so we can all keep it in the center of our mind. Okay, what is bankruptcy? Every single day, individuals and business entities in our communities and all across the country and all around the world make promises to others that that party making the promise sometimes cannot or will not keep, such as breaching a contract to pay back the 
money loan to purchase a home or to purchase a car or to purchase a business asset. When the promisor breaches her contract, that breach will likely cause the counterparty a financial loss. And unless the counterparty is grandma and the promise action on the part of the promisor was to love grandma forever and sealed it with a kiss, the promised party in business is likely going to undertake collection action, including suing the promisor uh, to recover the promised payment, or they want the collateral, and sometimes they want the collateral, such as the house or the car, and part of the payments and attorney's fees. So not paying a debt uh, has financial consequences to the party breaching the contract. So what we're talking about here is recovery of money owed by the debtor. That's the person that got the money and promised to pay it back to her creditor, the person lending the money, the bank, the credit card company, Guido and the guys. Money that is owed is referred to as debt. The person or organization that owes the money is called the debtor. The person or organization to which the money is owed is called the creditor. Uh, Anything of value that is owed by a person or organization and can be used to pay the debt or fulfill the financial obligation is called an asset. Examples of assets are money, real estate, cars, stocks, bonds, and so on. If a debtor owes more money than the value of her assets, we say that she is insolvent. Okay? So that starts the, the process. Someone being insolvent. They can't make their payments as they come due. So... Unfortunately, it happens quite a bit. For example, let's say that Selwyn owes a total of $55,000 to all her creditors. She owes $10,000 to Richard, $5,000 to Sally, $25,000 to the Internal Revenue Service, $15,000 to a credit card company. Selwyn is the debtor with a total debt of $55,000. Her creditors are Richard, Sally, the Internal Revenue Service, federal government, and uh, the credit card company. So if Selwyn's assets are valued at less than $55,000, Selwyn is considered to be insolvent. This is another way of saying that everything Selwyn owns put together would not be enough to pay back all she owes, even if she could quickly liquidate her assets at their fair market value. Unfortunately, as is often happens, uh, people like Selwyn and companies or government entities find themselves in a position where they are unable to pay their debts, also known as financial distress. And the debts are large enough to create a great deal of continuing economic hardship for people like Selwyn and businesses and government. Sometimes financial distress and hardship is the debtor's own fault such as through improvident financial decisions. And sometimes it isn't, such as an unanticipated medical expense that is not covered by insurance or going through a divorce or as a result of misplaced trust in a business associate who commits embezzlement 
or as a result of a vindictive person with control over the debtor's means to make a living, or as a result of a pandemic that shuts down all non-essential businesses in order to save human lives. Now, regardless of the causes of this distress, in such cases, the law provides a remedy that's spelled out, quite frankly, in Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution, which reads, Uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies as currently manifest by the United States Bankruptcy Code and the Federal Rules of Bankruptcy Procedure, along with the appropriate federal and state codes and case law. Now, bankruptcy is a legal procedure that can be used by individuals, companies, and government who and are insolvent, that is to say, when they owe more money than they are able to timely repay according to their contract or the agreement to repay their creditor. Now, bankruptcy allows a debtor to be released from all or part of her debts. However, bankruptcy can also be used by individuals, companies, and governments who may be solvent on paper in Selwyn's case, she might owe 55000 and she might have assets worth 100000 but one or more of her assets might be illiquid. And so even though she's solvent, she can seek protection of the bankruptcy court to give her time to liquidate her assets to pay her creditors. So that, that's another good thing about bankruptcy. So when a person or organization initiates a bankruptcy procedure, we say they file a petition in their local bankruptcy court, asking the court to place the debtor under the protection of that court, where in the case of a Chapter 7, the debtor can either have access to an orderly liquidation of her non-exempt assets while keeping her exempt assets in order to underwrite what you want to get out of a Chapter 7, a fresh start. Or in the case of a chapter 11, 12, or 13, place the debtor under the protection of the court to give her time to come up with a plan of reorganization wherein she can maintain the control of her asset while paying what the court believes is a reasonable amount back to her creditors by uh, uh, from her disposable income that she can generate because she's under the protection of the court. Now, the importance of bankruptcy is that it provides a way out of an otherwise hopeless situation. And I do mean sometimes hopeless situation. And it, it, it just basically um, helps people uh, be able to maintain their economic viability. Bankruptcy uh, is essential in capitalistic market-based economy because it can relieve one from uh, being able, from being torn down by bankruptcy, okay? So I think um, bankruptcy is crucial. It's important because when a debt is eliminated as part of the bankruptcy process, the debt is discharged. And once debts have been discharged, the debtor is relieved of the obligation to pay. And a creditor is prohibited from making any contact or trying to collect 
Similarly, a company or business, while reorganizing itself, it can look for more favorable debt structure and governments can return to providing essential services. So when we get together next time, we'll continue our discussion of bankruptcy and why we need a fresh start when we restart our economy in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic. So so I'm going to leave it there for now, but always in closing, I like to say here at Selwyn's Law, we always want to stay on the right side of the law, including the laws of bankruptcy and their positive effects on an economy that's clawing its way back. So till next time, take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content.